Alright, good to see some good old friends and uh, to make uh, some new friends also. Really, really good. Uh, 23 years ago, I met a man and then later met his wife and, uh, um, you know, we've been able to see the faithfulness, the faith, the perseverance, the consistency. Uh, is somebody who, after 52 years, is still passionate about the king and the kingdom and the lost. Amen. All right. And, uh, you know, Joshua 14 says, so here am I today, 85 years old. It's not that yet. All right. 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country and all that the Lord has promised. Would you stand uh, this morning and just honor Roger and Jill, yes? All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Wow. 52 years. <laughs> All right. 50 years, two years and going strong. God bless you, Roger. Yeah. Uh, Roger's been such an uh, angel, uh, great blessing and encouragement to us as a family uh, and as a church back home. And, uh, you know, we just thank God for your life and for your ministry. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back again. Yes. Right. Uh, well, since the last time we met you guys, um, our family has grown. Um, our son got married, and then our daughter gave us uh, a third grandchild. So we are super excited about that. And uh, Kathy and I here are just uh, excited about life. And uh, we thank God for the church, our church back home that continues to do well. And uh, we have a nonprofit called Jivanasha. All right, we continue to serve the community through six educational and uh, five health programs, and that's really going well. All right, talking about projects, I mean, you had Sister Mary, who worked for a home health agency, and uh, she was doing her rounds for a homebound patients when she ran out of gas. Well, the gas station was just uh, a block away, so she walked down there, but the guy said, hey, I don't have a spare can, a gas can. So she went back to her car, and she opened the trunk, and she looked around, and she couldn't find any gas can. But she, being resourceful as she is, she found a bedpan. All right. She walked back to the gas station and said to the guy, hey, fill her up. Come on, fill her up. All right. And, and, and as she was pouring it into a car... All right, one guy across the road said to the other guy, if that starts, I'm becoming Catholic. <laughs> At the beginning of this year, um, you know, back home we normally kind of seek God for a prophetic word. God, what are you going to do for us through this year? And uh, the Lord said to us, there is an awakening. There is an awakening. Uh, God is going to come forth for us in a very strong and powerful way. God is going to show up and God is going to show us off. And he began to encourage us and he began to say, hey, I want you to write down your wildest dreams. Come on, pen it down, write it down. And you know, it does not cost to write what is your wildest dreams. 
And so we encourage people. And as we kind of sought God, God said to us that something is going to start with the youth and young adults. And so we had a, a lot of uh, a youth write down things, ask for um, admissions because a lot of them want to go abroad, uh, ask for visas, and, and then ask for jobs and, and promotions. And uh, we had a 20-year-old lad. Uh, we have a 20-year-old lad in our church. He's, a just, uh, he's an absolute brilliant drummer. And uh, he wrote down and he said, my wildest dream is to play jazz with some international musicians. All right, that's what he wrote down. And guess what? Last night, that's what happened. Last night. All right, that's what happened. All right. And uh, it's, 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 it's just not, uh, not, not just with him. We have a retired school teacher, and she said, my desire is to go to Switzerland. And that's what's happening to her later on this year. So we just thank God, you know. Uh, I want to encourage you. All right, pen things down because it's really good. A prepared mind puts thoughts to paper. And when you put something down, it just stares you back in the face. And you're saying, God, this is what I'd like you to do for us. The other thing is that God is in the business of hearing and answering prayer. Whenever you pray, God hears. You may say, he didn't hear me last week. I prayed. I've been praying for 10 years. All right, well, he hears and he answers yes, no, and not yet, <laughs> right? But he does hear your prayer, all right? Uh, first of uh, February, Kathy and I uh, were in the car back in Mumbai, and uh, we were just kind of driving uh, to our church office, and uh, we got a call uh, from a couple, and they said, hey, uh, we are really kind of in an embarrassing situation. We are in the supermarket, and uh, they've swiped our card, and it's rejected. They put in their debit card, and it came up. It was, that was rejected, and, and uh, they had the kids with them. The kids wanted some ice cream. It's all on the trolley, and they put everything back. And uh, we said to them straight away, hey, we'll, we'll send you some money. And they said, no, 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 thank you, but no thank you. Would you please pray for us? We said, sure. And so we began to pray. And as we began to pray, um, I, I began to see uh, $1,000, $1,000, and $1,000. Well, the equivalent of it is 75,000 rupees. And I saw this three times kind of happening. And so as I saw that, I just prayed it out. That was the 1st of February, all right? On the 3rd of February, we got a call from this couple saying, the first $1,000 has come in. On the 6th of February, we got another call saying, the next $1,000 has come in. And on the 13th of February, we got a call saying, another $1,000 has come in. And somebody said, hallelujah. All right. I mean, from heaven, nothing. Okay, and we, we, we checked with them and said, hey, how come... You know, you're, 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 you didn't have any money in your, in your account. And they said some um, expenses, you know, just came in. We had no clue that they were coming in all together. Uh, does it happen to anybody? Yeah. Came in all together, just wiped out our account. And they actually sent me a picture. It was zero balance. All right. And God just stepped in. Well, why am I telling you the story? I'm telling the story because there is great power in testimony. You know, testimony simply means do it again. And so as we brought this to our church back home, and uh, yeah, you know, $1,000 uh, for you here, some of you, it may not mean too much, but for us back home, it's 75,000 rupees. It's a lot of money, all right? Uh, and so as we brought this testimony, the following month, 
we had a, a lady come up and say, uh, hey, you brought that testimony. I said, God, do it for me. And guess what? It has happened to me. And this has gone on and on and on. And just week before last, we had our 10th person, all right, who has received $1,000. And uh, we just kind of encouraged them because we just felt God saying, it's time to add a zero. All right. So watch this space, yeah. I'll come back to you to tell you about what's kind of happening. And so, you know, there's something about testimony that just shifts the atmosphere and the environment. And, and it brings you to a place where you believe like never before, you know. Some of us have such great faith for things not to happen. God wants us to stand up and believe, you know. And when we bring the testimony, it begins to prophesy over other people that God's going to actually do it again, all right, and that there's great grace on the story. And so just with that as a, as a kind of introduction, uh, you, you are in a series, uh, Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing, and I think you kicked off with Know God, Cherish Your Family, uh, love your church, guard your integrity. And I think last week, Roger spoke on reputation and how it's invaluable and it could be vulnerable and uh, it is redeemable. Did I get it right? Yeah. yeah, okay. That's good. All right. I was just thinking about reputation. Man, reputation sticks. All right. Some of you have read the, the scripture. If I had to ask you, who is Rahab? Who is Rahab? You'd probably say the harlot, right? Okay, that happened 33,000 years ago, not 1,000, 3,300 years ago, sorry, 3,300 years ago, and you still say she's a harlot, but actually, we forget that she was the great-great-grandmother of David, and when we read Matthew chapter 1, she's in the genealogy. God's done some amazing things. All right, reputation. Hey, watch it, yeah, and so uh, this, this morning, I want to speak to you about pursuing or pursue your purpose. What do you mean by pursue? Just to kind of run after, to continue in the midst of many obstacles that come your way. And uh, purpose, the reason why you are doing something, the reason why you exist, the reason why you were created for, all right? And it's really important that when you look at purpose, you're being intentional and deliberate and you are focusing on something. You see, whatever I focus on, I make room for. And therefore, when I begin to understand, hey, this is my purpose, I begin to make it my priority. I give it my time. I give it my money. I give room to it. All right. And Proverbs 19.21 says, many other plans in a person's heart but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. All right, would you say that with me? It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Thank you. All right, and so why is purpose so important? Purpose just guides, uh, you know, uh, our life directions. It influences our behavior. It shapes goals. It gives us a sense of direction. That's it's really important. Very fascinating, you know, when, when somebody has purpose, you are able to sit down at the end of the day, put your feet up and say, hey, that was a good day. All right, you're really feeling satisfied uh, about things. And, and, you know, it begins to declare, hey, why do I exist? Why 
am I alive at this time? All right. And so um, Robert Burns says this, the purpose of life is a life of purpose. All right. Roger and Jill met us really early in the morning uh, on, on Wednesday uh, at GFK, and then, and then we, we, we drove, uh, you know, to Long Island. And uh, before going home, we came here, all right? And it was, it was absolutely fascinating to see uh, the outreach, uh, you know, and uh, we saw this whole queue of line of cars going right around the, the kind of block, and uh, their smile on people's faces, I mean, absolutely priceless, Absolutely priceless. And, and we met with Ken and the team. And, uh, you know, one thing, when you saw them, all right, and you saw people at their stations or whatever you call them, all right, they were people who were oozing uh, with purpose. They were on a mission, all right, and they had a purpose. They knew exactly what was done. And you began to see, because of that, the, the genuine love and, and, and care and compassion that was just reaching out to, to, to people. And, uh, you know, it's just giving people a radical hope. So many people have, have lost jobs. There are reduced salaries. There's hurt. Uh, there's loss of life. Uh, there's pain. There's uncertainty about what the future kinds of uh, holds for each one. And then you watch these people. Hey, guys, you were like a breath of fresh air, you know. And it was just absolutely amazing, you know, as you went from place to place. And we, we watched you for some time. Uh, and uh, I just want to say that's, that's truly kind of inspirational. Well done. All right. But let me also say to you, this is not new. Because we came here almost 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> 20 years ago when we came here, on our first trip, uh, we went out with Roger and the whole team, uh, just to the homeless. And, and, and Gene was there, right? Remember him really well. And, and others, so many others. And again, you see for the last almost 20 years that, I, that I've known uh, this church, you've not forgotten what your purpose is. You know, and you're still kind of pressing on, still kind of reaching out to people and uh, wanting to see the lost being saved. Say, so, hey, how do I pursue my purpose? Well, I'm glad you asked, all right? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 1 to 3. If you have your Bibles or you have your devices, you can track with me. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Since we, and I want to point out it's not I, it's we. Since we are surrounded by so, by so great a cloud of witnesses, all right, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 follows Hebrews chapter 11. Really profound. All right. Hebrews 11 actually talks about the heroes of faith. All right. And, and, and the writers here are saying is, since, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, these many examples of faith. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards everyone who seeks him. And, and you know, you begin to understand that, hey, that God laid hold of me so that I would lay hold of something. I would lay hold of him. And in laying hold of him, I would begin to pursue my uh, purpose. Now, often there are three obstacles. There are three great obstacles to faith. The first one comes from God himself, all right, because there are often delays. Anybody here, you prayed for something, and then you've seen the, like a delay, 
It's not happening at all, all right? And you're wondering, hey, what's happening? Okay. And, 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 and the second one is opposition. And that comes from the enemy, from the devil. There's opposition. The third one is actually weaknesses. <coughs> Excuse me, which comes from myself. All right. And uh, it's really important that, thank you, love. Really important that we understand uh, that whatever gets into my head actually controls me. You know, that's why the scripture says, hey, put on the mind of Christ. Really, really important. And so, um, God wants us to be at a place where we stand in faith and we are believing. All right, faith, the Greek word pistis, all right, simply means to be persuaded by what you have heard. So, so very important. Jesus says, consider what you hear. So important. Why? Because there are so many voices that are speaking to us and bombarding us. And it's really, really important if you want to be men and women of faith that we are considering clearly, what am I hearing? What am I hearing? All right? Because when I pursue my purpose, I need, a, I need faith in God. I need to believe that God is there. Hey, there's going to be a delay, but God is there. There's going to be opposition, but God is there. There's going to be weaknesses at times, but God <coughs> is still there. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him. All right? I want to also kind of say to you, hey, God loves your questions. So ask him questions. But don't question God. Little difference. Okay? Ask him questions. He loves. He loves for you. In fact, uh, uh, from the beginning of this year in my daily devotion, what I'm doing is as I read, I'm just asking Jesus questions again and again. Ask him questions. All right? And so... Um, we look at Abraham, this great man of faith. You go back to Genesis chapter uh, 12. All right, Abraham saved. He believes God. And then, uh, you know, when you're looking at faith and you're looking at, hey, how do I use this faith to keep on pressing after God? Sometimes you think, hey, my faith's really weak. I don't know about you, but I feel like that on days. Uh, my faith's weak. Right? But what I've begun to understand from God's word is that God's analysis of my faith is totally different to mine. All right? Romans chapter 4 says, without weakening in his faith. It's talking about Abraham. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Anybody 100? <laughs> All right. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. All right? Wavering? Strengthening his faith? I mean, here's a guy who lied two times about his wife. All right? And then we have Ishmael. And the Bible tells us that he was a man of faith. All right? He did not waver and was strengthened in the faith. So that just tells me that God looks at me completely different to the way I look at myself when it comes to faith. Look at Sarah. It says, by faith, uh, Hebrews 11, 11 says, by faith, even Sarah was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. All right, and yet when you go back to Genesis chapter 18, all right, these three men come to visit Abraham and they ask, uh, one of them asks, hey, where's Sarah? 
And then Abraham says, uh, she's uh, in the other tent, and uh, actually she's standing at the door of the tent, and she's listening. All right, happens in Mumbai, not here, I know. All right. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the Lord uh, promises Abraham and says, next year, this time you're going to have a son. And, uh, and uh, Sarah's 89 years old. Any lady here, 89 years old, who wants to have a baby? I mean, she laughed just like you, you know. And so, and so she's laughing. And the Lord says, why did Sarah laugh? And is anything too hard for the Lord? And Sarah says, I did not laugh. And the Lord says, yes, you did. <laughs> All right, that would have been hilarious. All right, and so you see, not only does she laugh, but then when she's confronted, she also lies, all right? And yet, fast forward to, Gen to Hebrews chapter 11, it says, and Sarah was a woman of faith, all right? God views me completely different. Something has happened, something has shifted as I continue to focus on him and continue to press on and lay hold of that which he has laid hold of me, all right? And so, just coming back to Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, let us, all right, we are doing this together. We are all in this together. Lay aside every weight, everything that hinders us, <coughs> excuse me, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, it, it traps us, it trips us up, you know. And, and, and one of the traps that you and I face is offense, all right? Every single day, we offend somebody and get offended by somebody. Every single day. And therefore, it's really important in pursuing Him and pursuing our, our, our purpose that we learn to forgive. All right? It's so key and so important. I read this quote the other day. To forgive is to set a prisoner free. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and then to realize that that prisoner was me. Let me just say to you also something else about, about forgiveness. Forgiveness <clears throat> doesn't make the other person right. All right. It just sets you free. All right. We don't have time. I'd love to be able to go in and just explain to you medically what happens to your body. All right. Uh, uh, from migraine to constipation uh, to arthritis to a whole lot of things that actually happen to you just because you can't forgive. All right. And so, so you, you, you want to you kind of press on. And it goes on to say, let us run with endurance, with persistence, all right, with patience, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. All right. When I look to Jesus, I do not get distracted. When I look to Jesus, I begin to be at a place where I can study how he actually did it. Why? Because he never lost sight of his purpose. Uh, Luke chapter 9 verse 51 says he's going to Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us he made his face in the good, uh, good old King James Version as, 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 as I'm forgetting that. As Flint. Yes, that's right. All right, as hard as plenty, he was resolute. He said, I'm going. I know what's going to happen to me. I'm going. All right. 
And so I want to be at a place where I'm understanding that I want to actually persist. And, and I'm able to persist because I'm passionate about something. All right, that's what I've seen in this man, all right, in this couple, in people here. You're passionate about something and you're able to persist. Why? Because you have purpose. You have purpose, all right? And so we must run with purpose, not just aimlessly. Uh, and so, uh, you know, as, as you begin to actually... Um, Pers- uh, persist, and you begin to be filled with passion, you begin to actually walk in your purpose, you begin to see diff- things differently. There's a different kind of perspective, all right? And it's out of that difference of perspective that you do something absolutely different. You see, when, when, when I'm down here, all right, what I have is actually chicken vision, all right? I'm just looking here. It's all there. But when I step up here, suddenly my vision just changes. I can actually see completely different. All right? And so when I'm here and I'm able to be a man or a woman of purpose, I'm at a place where I begin to see things differently. And the minute I begin to see things differently, it changes my position. And the minute it changes my position, when I'm here and when I can see what God is about and what he wants me to do, it changes my petition. All right, I pray, when I pray down here, it's all looking down here, but when I'm here, because my perspective has changed, because my position has changed, my prayer and my petition completely changes. And I'm able to see God just step in on behalf of me. All right, and so three things uh, as I close this morning to help us finish well. The scripture goes on to say, consider them. Who are considering that great cloud of witnesses, those examples of faith. Lay aside every encumbrance, everything that is holding us back, that's hindering us from actually pursuing our purpose so that we'll finish well. And then it says that consider ourselves. All right, so watch out for pitfalls. Run, keep running the race. Lay aside things. And then it says consider Jesus. Jesus who ran his own race and endured hardship by fixing his eyes on what was to come, knowing this is my purpose. And so what about us this morning? All right. Be at a place where we can identify our purpose. What am I searching for? All right. We all have a strong desire in our heart, and God wants to use those desires all right, we ask the question, hey, what was I created? Every one of us is unique. Every one of us, you know, he's the one who fashioned us and made us the way we are. And every one of us has potential. So where do I start? I think now. <laughs> now. And so when I have a loss of purpose, it often starts this downward spiral, which goes from worry to anxiety and can actually lead into depression too. But when I discover my purpose, there's satisfaction, there's joy, there is hope, and I get to know God better. That's what we began at the first part of this series, getting to know God better. And then understanding that I'm part of this family, and as a church, we are all in this together. All right, there's a reason for this purpose, just loving God and loving people. And so here are some few questions to think about as as we close this morning. 
right? What's my purpose? Why does Genesis exist? Maybe you want to say this morning, I am Genesis. Who am I? Who am I? Maybe you'd like to ask yourself that question. What are we to be as a church? What are we to do as a church? And how are we to do it? See, nothing in life can take the place of knowing your purpose. It's our responsibility and our joy to identify it. So I just want to encourage you to press on, to discover, and to pursue your purpose. Just one thing as I close this morning. You see, God created Adam and Eve for fellowship. And uh, we know that they sinned. And that relationship was broken. But God had a plan. He sent Jesus who came to this earth and went to the cross, died for our sins, shedding every drop of blood for the forgiveness of our sin. And hey, this is available to everybody. But you need to make a choice. And you need to invite him into your heart. If that's you this morning, and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, you have a great opportunity. This day, May the 22nd, 2022. Just for you to say, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And if you made that small prayer, hey, do meet one of the pastors straight after the meeting and they will help you on your journey. When we stand in prayer.